Welcome to this edition of The Leader's Corner, a podcast dedicated to bringing you the voices of Army Reserve leadership in a way that's engaging, vibrant, and informational. I'm your host, Sergeant First Class Jeremiah Richardson, and today we have the pleasure of welcoming the new Command Sergeant Major of the Army Reserve, Command Sergeant Major Andrew Lombardo. CSM Lombardo has served for over 33 years and has been deployed six times with deployments for Desert Storm, Bosnia, Kosovo, Operation Iraqi Freedom, and Operation Enduring Freedom. He's also a Deputy Inspector with the New York City Police Department. Sergeant Major, we're delighted to have you on the program today. Thanks for coming. So, Desert Storm. Good morning, Sergeant Richardson. Thanks for the jab. I'm not sure if you're surprised because of how incredibly young I look, or whether you're just impressed that your Army Reserve CSM was mobilizing for war before it became vogue. So yeah, so I was notified on Christmas Day of 1990. I was in theater by mid-January, and my unit, the 402nd MPPOW camp, self-mobilized. It's hard to believe it's going to be 30 years. The biggest lesson that I learned in the Army was the first lesson that I learned during the Gulf War. And that lesson was how important it is to be well-trained. See, the plane my unit was on was rerouted in midair from Daharan to Riyadh because of a Scud missile attack on Daharan. As we're leaving the plane in Riyadh, the air sirens went off, signaling an incoming Scud missile. It was definitely over 110 degrees. I suited up, I moved to cover. I found myself in a bunker, trying to suck in oxygen through my pro mask and fumbling to drink water from a canteen through a hose in the pro mask while wearing chemical gloves and mop. So I'm fighting to pass out, and I have this flash thought of just how much I didn't know about survival in a chemical or biological environment. And right then and there, I swore to myself that if I survived and if I were ever given a chance to lead soldiers again, I would make sure that my soldiers would be well-prepared and well-trained. I did survive, and that oath remains foremost in my mind today. I think desert storms are relevant today. Um, the United States defeated the fourth largest standing army in a matter of days with minimal casualties. It was also the largest deployment for Army Reserve soldiers since World War II. China and Russia watched our win carefully. They went to school these past 30 years while we were focused on Iraq and Afghanistan. Desert Storm showed the world that if given a chance to build up, our army was unstoppable. We're a steamroller. Today, China and Russia won't give America a lot of time to build up forces. They've invested in being able to strike hard from a distance to prevent us from concentrating. They can compete with us in some domains. What this means to the Army Reserve is that time is not on our side anymore. We must be able to get to where we need to go quicker. So most training and readiness must be achieved at the unit and not at the MOB site. By 2028, the Army Reserve needs to be able to mobilize bigger numbers and faster than we've ever been asked to do. And that's our challenge. So let me circle back to you, Sergeant Richardson, with my own counter jab. Let's see who gets gold first on the ACFT. This old Desert Storm soldier, or you. <laughs> that's fair, Sergeant Major. Yeah, my, my, uh, my father actually served in Desert Storm. He might have flown with those planes he got out of. He was a flight engineer with the C-141 Starlifters. Your father, Sergeant. That's uncomfortable. That's, yes, he was. Uh, he served 20 years as a flight engineer. Um, right. And then I went Army. So, you know. Made I, the wise choice. Yes, yes, I did. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's quite the challenge on the ACFT. I hope we'll talk about that a little bit later in the program. 
But for right now, um, I want to get down to a little bit of the change in leadership business. Um, every change in leadership leads to a reframing of priorities. So what is your vision as the command sergeant major of the Army Reserve? No, thanks. I appreciate that. So, so just to be clear, the Army Reserve priorities have not changed. It's still readiness, modernization, strengthening alliances and partnerships and reform um, with people being first. So what I want the audience to know is that we need to get back to individual and collective training and we need to hone field craft. Our enemies haven't paused and we can't either. So we can do this by training in small teams, moving in teams and keeping separate from other teams. As far as the squad, platoon and company and beyond, what I see is a physically fit, disciplined, well-trained, cohesive team. And I see a squad or a section leader that is trusted and empowered by the commander and acts as extension of that commander in field leadership. So I'm gonna work with the Chief Warrant Officer to advance some NCOs to Warrant Officer. I'll work with General Daniels to focus on retaining mid-grade non-commissioned officers and officers. And the reason why is because these are gonna be the leaders in 2028 and 2035 and we need to challenge them. Uh, we need to understand that the biggest concern to continued service is uh, having a purpose and achieving balance. I firmly believe that every soldier has a right to be excellent and I wanna expand excellence programs and give them opportunities uh, to show that they are outstanding. To me, the non-commissioned officer corps is the competitive advantage against a near peer in competition. So what I wanna do is I wanna take the SMA's vision and I wanna operationalize, this is my squad for the Army Reserve. So imagine that as an Army Reserve squad leader, you are trusted to have the power to lead individual training and input your squad's training, ACFT, or range scores into an easily used app or program on your phone that updates the official record. Imagine that you are alerted on your phone when members of your squad are scheduled for MOS or PME. I wanna work with the SMA, I wanna digitalize the squad leader and give squad leaders that ownership. There's also a counseling part to this is my squad. And I wanna look at ways that we can make sure soldiers know their squad leader and make sure the squad leader knows their soldiers through counseling. I believe that a strong leadership team can positively change the culture of this organization by training and empowering and trusting the squad leader. So I'm gonna to work to communicate that where leaders train um, at the uh, brigade and battalion command course and at the first sergeant's course and the company commander's course. Um, and I'll go back to what we talked about earlier. Before the end of my tenure, all Army Reserve soldiers will transition to the Army combat fitness test, and this will not only reduce injuries and build fitness, but it's gonna prepare us for the tasks that we require in combat. And that's what I'm thinking right now. So you have, you know, your 33 years uh, that you're bringing to the table. What experience do you have that you want to bring to drive forward the Army Reserve? Well, the obvious answer is my New York accent and the appropriate amount of chutzpah. <laughs> so no, it's seriously, this is what I bring to the table. I consider myself uh, energetic, motivated, and enthusiastic. Um, I work beyond nine to five. Um, and like you said, I have the credibility of over uh, 34 years of service, including my regular Army service and six overseas deployments. Um, I value and I am a team player. I don't think I have all the answers. So I believe in harnessing the power of the team. I believe my sense of fairness, respect, due process uh, are value added. And I try to walk the talk. I don't try. I walk the talk. Perhaps most importantly, I've spent a career as a citizen soldier, and this gives me the proper perspective in order to drive our Army Reserve forward. 
Now, you've come to this post in the midst of a national pandemic. I say this right now as I wear a mask in our studio. Um, I imagine that wasn't exactly what you pictured taking on this position. Definitely not. Hmm. I can say this. It's always difficult to lead. And uh, leadership presents unique challenges. So I think about the leadership challenges of the greatest generation when they landed at Normandy. It sort of puts leadership in perspective to me. Our job is to rise as leaders. We rise to the occasion. So the Army Reserve gets leading at a distance. We meet two days a month. We use phone calls or email for the rest of the month. Our Army civilians and our full-time Army Guard Reserve soldiers also understand conducting operations at a distance. Most, if not all, were citizen soldiers at one point as well. Yeah, so during the pandemic, I witnessed leaders at all levels executing command intent. We knew times were hard, and we knew Army Reserve soldiers were out of work. We wanted the Army Reserve to be a sign of strength for the military family in these times. So leadership created the virtual battle assembly, and I'm simply amazed at the, the ingenuity that followed. So if soldiers, sergeants, lieutenants, and commanders, they established communication networks and they conducted physical training on various apps uh, as well as individual training, and they did this distributively. I'd say the uh, the group chat app is here to stay. So we're at a point now where we're conducting a battle assembly hybrid. That's our term. Uh, that means that soldiers within local commuting distance uh, physically attend BA, but we're taking a lot of safety precautions. Soldiers are called before the battle assembly, and they're asked questions to make sure they don't present a risk to the unit. Once they get to BA, they're screened again. They receive a temperature check. Then they spend the day training in small groups, which is excellent because it supports my concept of, or our concept of this is my squad. Mm -hmm. And some soldiers that commute from a distance will perform the required training in a distributed way. Mm. That's battle assembly hybrid. Mm. So I need to recognize the Army Reserve medical professionals, uh, the emergency preparedness officers that work with FEMA, the mortuary affairs teams, and the log specialists, many of whom virtually mobilized at home. Uh, They responded to communities across America. Uh, today, the Army Reserve still has soldiers in the community fighting COVID, and I'm incredibly proud of our team. Um, so I want to shift gears a little bit here, Sergeant Major, and talk about some of the major issues we're, we're tackling right now. And uh, by that, I mean SHARP. We've all sat through the briefings. We've all been through the training. So it's been my experience over the years uh, throughout my career, as I've been in drill halls and I've sat through the SHARP training, that this was always somewhere else. And to this soldier, especially like when I was an E4, I'm like, why am I here? And I'm, not the, I'm not the guy who's doing it. So you're just like calling me a, a salter or telling me that I'm guilty before it starts. I that's, mean, that's fair. Training can inform soldiers how to report sharp. They can teach you what's on the edges on what leads to serious and criminal behavior. I don't know if it's going to prevent criminal behavior. I, I don't. And, but what I do know is that we have a responsibility to rid the Army of criminal behavior. We could also create positive examples. And I think we could show the world or show what right looks like at the local level. I could, I could talk all day and explain what it means to take care of your team, all the members of your team. But unless it comes from you, the person that owns a team, I don't know if it's going to make a difference. Hmm. It might be that other person. But if you break off into small squads and you talk about it, the, the, the squad leader is much closer to that individual soldier than I can ever be. 
mm-hmm. or that any leader can ever be. It's the first part of the chain of command and non-commissioned officer support channel. That's why a leader ha- can make enormous amounts of impact on the culture of his or her part of the army. I don't know if they realize the power that they have to be able to change culture and actually make a difference. And I think uh, I think that's maybe what we're missing mm. in Sharp is not thinking it, it's somebody else. Making sure that you're part of the army is the example. I mean, yeah, that does seem like the heart of this is my squad and not letting it happen in your own backyard, but taking care of your own soldiers. Um, yeah, and it, it's difficult to do as an army reserve soldier. I mean, listen, we do it, we're together two times, two days out of the month. Uh, and I reflect back to when I was a squad leader, I did contact my soldiers throughout the month. Uh, we did we did establish close bonds. They always understood I was the leader, but we were able to spend times outside of the duty day together, talking, uh, collaborating, and understanding each other. Um, the duty day came, and we were right back to sergeant, specialist, private. Those interactions outside of the formal workday really allowed me to to understand my soldiers. And, and I would absolutely never let anything happen to them. And I think they would do the same to me. And that's what uh, being a team is all about. Yeah. You know, having known some people who were actually not soldiers, but some people who were sexual assault survivors, um, it's one of these things that um, is comes with a stigma. And people are often afraid to talk about it because they don't want to be looked at a certain way or deal with all the questions. And I know we in the Army have worked really hard to try to overcome that. Um, but I feel like we still, you know, we've still we still got some work to do. Yeah, so I can't say, I, well, I, I clearly don't understand it, but I can say um, I, I've experienced people in crisis throughout my 20 years as a police officer and my 34 years as a, a soldier in the Army, in the Army Reserve. We especially train victim advocates. If you don't want to talk to the chain of command, if you, you don't want to report it to CID, if you don't want to report it to the NCO support channel, the IG, the chaplain, um, we've specially trained advocates um, that understand and that know how to get help. And um, you need to go speak to them and not keep it to yourself. There is the, the squad level, but it's also the Army Reserve level. This is, this is our, these are our soldiers and- It's our team. Yes. Yeah. It's our family. Yeah. yeah. The family aspect, yes. Yes. And yeah, we, we have a responsibility to train them and, and, and mentor them and get them to the point where they could replace us and do our jobs. What we absolutely cannot do is break trust with them. And sexual harassment and sexual assault breaks trust with them. It breaks trust with our team. And it breaks trust with the American community. We represent them. Every day we put on this uniform, we represent the best of their aspirations and what they hope for. Yeah, so what I could say is there's some great examples of what right looks like. And that's what we need to bring forward and showcase is those squads and those leaders that are doing what's right, set an example, showcase them so that everybody sees that we can make a difference even at the squad level. Yeah. um, I do think that sometimes it it can be difficult for 
soldiers um, in drilling status to make that transition oftentimes in the civilian world and how they interact then, you know, to, to soldiers. And we've all, those of us who've been in, have dealt with that. Um, and, and getting into that mindset that, okay, I got this uniform on, my, my job is different. Uh, and it's not different, but it's, it's here. It's actually figuring out how that doesn't go away when you take the uniform off either. And, and that's hard for, for soldiers to deal with, I think, sometimes. It, it is. We're also a community-based organization. So while we may not be at battle assembly, to the extent that we live in the community uh, and we stay in units that we serve with much longer than our counterparts, either in the other services or in the other components, we're able to build relationships over time, and I see that as a strength and one that should be harnessed. And it could be within the same squad, but it's certainly going to be within the same platoon or the same company. Uh, Army Reserve community-based soldiers tend to stay within the same unit up to the point where they reach the rank of sergeant first class or maybe even a captain before they move to a second location. Um, stability helps relationships and it helps create a culture that's consistent with dignity and respect. Uh, what do you want Joe to take away from all of this? Yeah, this is what I got for Joe, Jane, and here's my takeaways. So the Army Reserve is doing historic things in hard times, and we're getting back to training. It's number one. Number two, you can achieve something bigger than yourselves by serving our nation in the Army Reserve. The only barrier for a soldier getting to where they want to be in this organization is themselves. You can go where you want to go. The Army Reserve is awesome. You can have a successful civilian career and soldier at the same time. In other words, you could do both. I also want to know what's on your mind. Communicate with me. Let me know how we can make the Army Reserve better. The Army Reserve is moving forward, and I want you to be part of our story. Well, that's all our time today, Sergeant Major. Hey, thanks for coming to the program, and we hope to have you again uh, soon to talk about possibly the ACFT. Yep. Let's do it. Okay. All right. Well, that's it for this edition of the Leader's Corner. We have upcoming episodes on U- UCMJ actions for Army Reserve soldiers on election year rules and important information about the new Army Combat Fitness Test. We look forward to seeing you again. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today on this edition of Leader's Corner. Stay tuned for future podcasts highlighting news that is relevant to you. For more Army Reserve news, go to usar.army.mil. We'll see you next time.